This podcast is brought to you by the Reform Witness Committee of Hope Protestant Reformed Church in Walker, Michigan. It is our goal to spread our distinct Protestant Reformed views based on the Word of God and the Reformed Confessions. We hope that this message is edifying to you. Hello, I am Pastor Matt DeBoer of Edgerton Protestant Reformed Church. And in this series of podcasts, I'm speaking about what the Bible teaches about homosexuality. In the first podcast, I addressed the biblical truth about marriage and sex. In the second podcast, I talked about the Bible's condemnation of homosexuality. And now, in this podcast, I speak about objections people give to homosexuality being a sin and biblical answers to these objections. And I'll cover two objections in this in this podcast. Two obje- objections and then give the biblical answers to those objections. The first objection people will often give is that the Bible does not condemn the kind of homosexuality we are speaking of today. They will say the same-sex behavior that's condemned in Scripture is different than the same-sex behavior of church members today. The ancient world didn't have any concept of loving, committed, lifelong same-sex unions. The Scriptures condemn men having sex with boys. The Scriptures condemn gang rape and wild promiscuity. But the Bible does not condemn the kind of homosexuality that church members engage in today. That's the objection you might hear. Now, what's our answer to that? What do we say back? First, understand that the Bible never affirms any type of same-sex behavior or desires. It never says that same-sex behavior is good in any form. Second, in answer to this objection, know that Scripture never limits its rejection of homosexuality to man-boy relationships, gang rape, and wild promiscuity. Leviticus 18, verse 22, and 20, verse 13, says that a man may not lay with a man, In Romans 1, Paul teaches that homosexuality goes against God's ordained order and is a suppression of the truth. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10, Paul condemns abusing oneself with mankind, and that means to practice homosexuality. There's nothing about the word that the Holy Spirit inspired which limits this somehow to a specific kind of homosexuality. The Bible gives a blanket rejection of homosexuality. Those who make the argument that Scripture does not condemn the homosexuality of today make an argument entirely based on assumption and not on the Word of God. They assume that the Bible is referring only to specific bad kinds of homosexual behavior in the ancient world. However, they have no proof that Paul and others had only these bad examples in mind. 
If Paul did have only these examples in mind, then why did he not speak specifically of something like man-boy relationships instead of saying that homosexuality goes against the created order? In the third place, in answer to this objection, know that they wrongly assume that their were no warm, loving, committed homosexual relationships in the ancient world. Ancient sources indicate otherwise. Ancient sources indicate that there were loving, committed homosexual relationships. But Scripture condemns them. Fourth, in answer to this objection that Scripture doesn't condemn the kind of homosexuality we are speaking of today. In answer to that objection, know that for 20 centuries, the plain reading of Scripture has been that homosexual desires and actions of all kinds are wrong. That's the way people read Scripture for 20 centuries. And now, all of a sudden, the church has been wrong for 20 centuries? Unlikely. This objection that homosexuality is different today is not valid. In regard to objections, there are also those who argue that the church is supposed to be a place for sinners, and so we must allow homosexuals to be members and even office bearers. They argue we are all sinners. The homosexual, he says that he believes in Christ as his Savior. Maybe he's not walking in the best way, but we all sin. He still has salvation in Christ. He may be a member and even an office bearer in the church, for all the members in the church are sinners. That's what some will say. The church is supposed to be a place for sinners, so we must allow homosexuals to be members and even office bearers. What's our response? It's true that the church is full of sinners that need Christ. That's true. However, the church is made up of believing, repentant sinners. To repent is to turn from sin and to God in mind and in action. Repentant sinners sorrow over sin and turn from it unto the Lord. They fall into sin daily, but again and again, confess and turn. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11 is an important passage here. Paul is writing to the church, church at Corinth, and he says the following to that church. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. End quote. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11 shows that the church is made up of repentant sinners. 
by the inspiration of the Spirit, Paul says that those who continue in open, unrepentant sin may not be allowed to remain in the church. For instance, 1 Corinthians 5, Paul writes to the Corinthians about a man that was found sleeping with his father's wife. Paul's response was not, we all make mistakes. Or, thank God for his love of sinners. No, in verses 9 through 11, Paul tells the Corinthians no longer to associate with the, with the immoral man if he continued in his sin. In verse 13, Paul tells them to purge the evil person from among them. Paul's goal was that through church discipline, the man would be turned from his sin. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 5. But he said that the man must turn or be removed from the fellowship of the church. That is, excommunicated. Understand that one who continues in unrepentance to their death doesn't have true faith and doesn't have salvation. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 and 10 indicates that abusers of themselves with mankind will not inherit the kingdom of God. That means that those who continue in this sin will not inherit heaven. That doesn't mean that one earns their way into heaven by repentance and doing good works. God's people are justified by faith alone in Christ. What 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 does mean is that one who is given faith lives a life of repentance as one who knows his Savior. Faith without works is dead, according to James 2, verse 26. Faith without works is not genuine. One who has true faith in Christ turns from sin and lives a life of repentance, daily turning from sin and to the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. It is our hope that it was edifying to you. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them to be notified as future messages are published. We welcome you to join us on Sundays for worship at 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. You can find more information about us at our website, hopeprchurch.org. Also, you can follow us on our Hope Protestant Reformed Church Facebook page. And you can email the Reform Witness Committee with any questions or feedback at hope rwc at gmail.com. Thank you.